1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're on Pentecostal flame, baptism and gifts of the Spirit, part 6. I forgot which part it was on myself there. Part 6. Let's just read a verse or two just for time's sake as we're going through this week by week. And let's just look at verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Let's stop there. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We pray, O God, that you would inscribe this word deep within our being. That which is from you, Lord, we ask you to bring it afresh and to renew it to all of our memories. And that which is new to us, Lord, we pray that you, again, Lord, would etch something within our very soul that would glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, and that he would be exalted alone in this house. We ask it for his name's sake and glory. Amen. The nine gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have covered our introduction to them on the first three. <clears throat> and we looked at them as the revelation gifts, revelatory gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits. And the second group of three, if you want to write it down, maybe you've already got it down, it's demonstration gifts. That which is shown as fruit in the life, the demonstration gifts. They are faith, healings, and working of miracles. And that's in our reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles. So the second group of three or the demonstration gifts. We're going to look at faith this morning. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to be able to cover just that alone. Uh, we'll see how we go. Maybe we'll go a little bit further into the second one. But we're all saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have received a measure of faith, every single believer. Imputed to us that we are able through the quickening of the Spirit to receive Christ as our Savior, to realize we need Him because we're sinners. And so that faith is given unto every believer by God Himself. It's not something we muster up. It's not something we pass down to our children because we have faith. It's an experience that God comes upon all of us at, when we're born again of the Spirit, when we realize our our depravity of our human nature and our flesh, our inability to save ourselves, and faith that the quickening of the Spirit given to us to see Christ as our sin bearer, 
See, Christ is the one who carried away our sins. And also for the healing, he also carried our sicknesses in his own body on the tree. So when we see this, we see that it is faith given by God. So every one of you have a measure of faith. Now, the gift of faith through what is called the second blessing, the baptism of the Spirit, is another faith that it's an increasing of the faith, or maybe it's an enduement of more faith. We want to look at faith in general this morning. So those of us who are saved by faith, we're one or another, we all have it by the same Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit of God. Will you turn with me, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11. You can all hear me okay, yes? I'm not sure if the speaker's coming this way. Everyone okay? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as Faith's Hall of Fame. Faith's Hall of Fame. And it lists characters of faith throughout the Old Testament. And yet, as I said, every gift of God Spiritual gift of God, you can see it in the Old Testament. That which is now given uh, uh, and an outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost, you can see it in the Old Testament, which is in the New Testament. So here we have Hebrews 11, Faith's Hall of Fame. The people that are mentioned in it are known as the heroes of their faith, or if you want a more justifiable name, would be examples of the faith. These are examples of the faith. Now, since they are old covenant believers, surely you and I, as blood-washed, spirit-filled believers in the new covenant, we should have a greater faith. Christ is within us. His Spirit lives in us. And so we see what they're able to do in Hebrews 11. Notice Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Note this. In verses 1 to 3, we have the explanation of faith. Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, we have the explanation of faith. Then from verses 4 onward to verse 40, we have the heroes of faith or the demonstration of their faith. Faith without works is dead. If you have faith, your faith will produce fruit. If you have faith, your faith will produce works. We're not saved by working, but we work because we're saved. The faith which is given to us causes us to labor for the master causes us to work in the kingdom. Notice, so from verses 4 to 40, it is demonstration of faith. Or, verses 1 to 3, we have the definition of faith. And verses 4 to 40, we have illustrated faith. How do you tell someone you have faith if you don't illustrate it in how you walk in your life? your lifestyle, your talk, your manner of conduct, where you go, how you live, everything about you, what people see from the outside looking in. Do they see a man and a woman of faith? 
That is faith in Christ. People have faith in many things, but the true faith that is in Christ. Then this will go further again. We'll look at it, God willing, that this faith is also miracle-working faith. That we have faith that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And this faith does the impossible with men. And this is what Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians 12. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, you'll read 16 names are given of people of faith. 14 men and 2 women. You'll read of elders. You'll read of prophets. And you'll read of the unnamed. Oh, just to be one of the unnamed. Just to be one of the unnamed, that you're a man or a woman of faith, but greater still in the new covenant which Christ has shed his blood. The covenant of the everlasting, the everlasting covenant of the blood of the Lamb. That, that covenant that stands right throughout eternity, that you and I are in as born-again, blood-washed Christians, believers in Christ. We have been given a new name. And Christ knows the name of every one of us, the new name. But just to be able to say that I'm a man, I'm a woman of faith, and that it's operating in my life and showing throughout my life, what a difference you and I could make to our society, to our families, to the world around us. It's no good you and I saying we have faith when we're in church and, you know, when there's a revival meeting on and the devil's not attacking and there's blessing all around. It's no good saying we have faith in them. By the time we get out the doors, our lifestyle is a way to work, walk with the devil. Or we get home and, and, our, uh, and those things that come upon us, we're afraid to pray. We don't go and seek the face of God. And when trouble comes, that we fall to bits. No, yes, we have our troubles and our trials and our struggles. But faith within us tells us that Christ is alive in us and that he is with us throughout it all tells us that there's a reality of God in our life. Gives us a conscious, conscience of the Spirit. Conscious of the Word of God. We're conscious of even the lies that we may tell. Notice, Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith. Now faith. Speaking of faith right now, every one of you has faith right now. In fact, it means it's operating right now. Faith in your heart right now. It's present. It's in your life. It's working in you as you sit in your seat or as you listen. It is operating with you now. How do you know? It's faith that has brought you here this morning. It's faith no matter how small it is, no matter how weak you feel, no matter what you think, faith has brought you here this morning. Oh, well, I just got up and I felt after such a busy day yesterday and the big meeting I had last night, I felt like putting a duvet over my head and maybe some did. Doesn't mean to say they don't have faith, by the way. But faith got you up. Faith got you out. Faith brought you here. Faith is that you believe that Christ is real, that he is alive, that he's still on the throne and that you are still his child. Faith says, I'm going to get up and remember him at the table this morning. I'm going to get up in spite of how I feel, in spite of what I think, in spite of the week I've had, 
in spite of the terrible time I've come through, faith operating in you right now, working in your life, says, I'm going to go to the house of God. And I have something to tell you. Maybe you've come. And you've come because someone's invited you and you're not saved, you know. There's that little quickening of the spirit that starts playing that little bit of faith to say, you know this is true. Not faith. Well, one day show you Christ. And I pray it's this morning. You are here not by accident. Not because even someone invited you. You're here because God wanted you to be. When you and I operate on our faith, we don't go on with God. When we are not part of our, our, our flesh, we don't go on with God. When you and I operate in our flesh, we are the worst of the worst. But faith always brings us to the place of the cross. And faith operates in us now. Notice now faith, present faith. And then when we read even a little further on, verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. This is the elders that's in Hebrews 11. It was their faith that they've obtained a good report. Have we a good report? I'm not asking, does everybody like you? Because that would mean your report would be tarnished because we can't be liked by everyone. It's a good report in the service and the kingdom of God. If I was waiting on everyone liking me, then I would be waiting an awful long time. And so would you. A good report is before God, walking with a conscience. And when all comes against you, striving through it, staying steadfast and faithful, pressing on in the things of God, even though everything within you is crying out, even though your flesh is tired, even though your mind is weary, even though you're feeling you can't go on, yet something deep within you is the faith now pressing you on in God. By faith, they're looking back now at what the elders had done, reading these 14 men and two women and all the others unnamed. And what the Hebrew writer here is saying, look at what faith can do. Read it when you go home. I haven't time to read it. Look what faith can do. And it's by the Holy Spirit. It's not faith that your willpower. You know, this time of year, November, we come up, you get Christmas and then the New Year, and everybody makes their New Year's resolutions and they're broken probably within the next hour. By most of them, will get up the next morning and they forget all about them. Or some have great willpower. I'm going to do this, that, or the other, and they go on for a while. But this isn't willpower. This is something from God that's imputed and, and put within your heart. This is something from God that causes you to know Him, to trust Him. Even when all else is hitting the wall, even when nothing else seems to be going right, you're saying, but I know you're still in charge. I know you're going to bring me through. I know you're going to work it out. I know the circumstance will change for the good. I know you will strengthen me in my weakness. I know you will bring me out in victory, Lord. Faith says, I know it's you and it's not of me. Faith says that. 
Even the smallest little seed, like a mustard seed of faith, can move mountains when it's placed into the hands of God. So we have, they're looking at past working faith, the faith that's brought you thus far in Christ. And the faith that is operating now is the faith you look back on and say, Lord, you've done it before. You'll do it again. The revivals that God has brought around the world, but especially to Ulster. We often pray, Lord, bring revival. Brothers and sisters, the God who brought revival to a little group of women in the Scottish Hebrides Islands, the God who brought revival to Ulster, the God who brought revival in Wales is the same God this morning who can bring revival in the hearts of His people and bring revival to our nation again. You see, it's what He's done in the past. He's the same to do it this morning, and He's the same to do it for your future, for the future of our children. So then He says in verse 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Now, I've heard some people, a few people, say that, oh, well, God had faith to frame the words. Let me just put that into the rubbish bin for you. God does not need faith. He's God. The idea is that through our faith, the faith which He's given us to believe, not in a big bang or evolution, but to believe that He hath created all things. But we believe through faith that He's created the world and all the universe and all things that there is. That's what it means. And so because of that faith, you and I are to draw strength from that, knowing that the same God who flung the stars into space, the sun and the moon, the planetary systems, and all of that stellar place that we and I don't even know about, the same God that did that is the same God who's living in you by the power and person of the Spirit. Isn't that tremendous? That he would even come into this place this morning as we gather. He's within us, but he comes to meet with us. The same God. So by faith we believe that he's created all of these things. Then what is it that's too big for him in your life to do? When you and I are praying... We have to understand, he's the one who made this. What's too big for him to change? What's too great for him? Is there anything too hard for the Lord, he asks? And the answer is, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. So, in verse, Hebrews 11, verse 38, notice what it says of people of faith. Of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. These prophets and these elders, these people of faith, the world was not worthy of them. In other words, the world didn't deserve what God had given them to bring to the world. You see, the problem is with many of us, we think, or people think, I shouldn't say we, but some people think God owes them. The unbeliever thinks God owes them. There are many people think that, well, God, 
owes me, so he owes me heaven. I didn't ask to be born, but he owes me heaven. Yet I want to tell you something. God owes you and me and everyone else absolutely nothing. But his grace and his mercy, he comes to seek us out. To send his son to bleed and die on the cross of Calvary. That you and I might be in his kingdom. And you and I are in a day and age where even this last fortnight maybe, a couple of weeks, I have been in real, I'm sure, I know many of you have too, I've been dismayed. And I don't want to go down this route because it's just, it's not profitable at times. I've been dismayed at some of the, some of the things that the established churches are coming out with. I've been dismayed at the agendas of the liberal left. I'm dismayed at what I hear, even a young Christian man by uh, TV presenters saying that we lived in the medieval ages and all of this because we believe the Bible. And this is in the place where the book made this nation great. I've been dismayed at it and I've said, Lord, how, how much lower can this nation get before you pour out your wrath? And I feel it's coming. And I see Christians being the, being the scapegoat for the beating of everything. don't know about you, but I don't notice many of the, the Muslims being brought up in charges. Hello? I mean, the more I see this, the more I see the destruction of our society. And I'm being dismayed. Australia voting in the same sex marriage. And said, Lord, how much longer can this go on? And you and I are now the outcasts. You and I are the hateful people. Even though we love people, we just don't want to see them lost. And I've been so dismayed that it gets to the place where we wonder, Lord, how come we're getting the, the bow beating every time? How come it's always toward us? And, and I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, no matter what happens, Stay true to Christ. Stay faithful to the Word of God, no matter what it costs us. Stay true to Christ. Stay faithful to the Word of God. And I'll tell you, the world is not worthy of you. The world is not worthy of those of faith in Christ, even though you and I may be looked down upon in society now. And just this morning, I was talking about someone else, about something else, about outcasts. And I says, you know what? I may be an outcast by some, but I can tell you what, I'm accepted in the beloved. The beloved is the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says that, that you and I are accepted in the beloved. That's not the church there. Help us if it was. 
You'll be accepted one moment and cast out the next. We're accepted in Christ. That is, Christ has accepted us from the Father's choice. And that you and I, you and I have faith in our lives. Here's something I've written down. The hope of the future promotes endurance in the present. The hope of the future promotes endurance in the present. Our hope for God's heaven, our hope of eternal salvation, our hope that when we stand before God, we'll see him as Savior, our loving shepherd, our Father, that when we see him, we will be one with him. That's our hope. And it promotes here today in the present. It promotes faith and pushes us on to look forward to being with Christ. Look, if you and I had no faith, we would not be sitting here. We would not be wanting to stand up and be counted for Christ. We would not certainly be a fool for Christ to preach the word of God or witness in our workplace. But because we've experienced the reality of Christ, I can never turn back. Who's experienced the reality of him? That he is living that he is real, that he is alive, that he is very God in flesh. Oh, I've experienced him. Peter, he says, Peter, see you? Upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon you experiencing who I am, knowing me, Peter, as the only Savior, the God of heaven, revealed in flesh in the person of his Son. And he said, Peter, because of this, I will build my ecclesia, my called out ones. Oh, isn't it lovely to know we're called out? Called by God. <laughs> Imagine God calling a wretch like me. Imagine God calling someone like you. I found God. No, you did not indeed. You had no thought of him. He came and he sought the lost. <laughs> and he sent forth his spirit and the word. And what happened? Irresistible grace led hold on those who heard the word of God and drew us to the beautiful Lamb of God. I'm getting off track. I better... Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8. In Romans 8, in verse 15, uh, pardon me, Romans 8, verse 24. Listen to what Paul says. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Faith is within us this morning to say, our hope is in you, Lord Jesus. We are saved by faith, 
that the hope that we have of eternal salvation and security is in Christ alone and the precious blood that he shed for us. See, that's our hope this morning. And whether we go to the grave or whether the Lord breaks the clouds, whether it's the clouds or the clods, we are going to be with the Lord. That's our hope this morning. So faith tells you this morning, it's operating in you now. The faith you had that's brought you this far is the faith that tells you the God who created all of the world and all of the things that are in the universe and all things that there is is the same God who has promised you that you will be with him in his kingdom. And that is given to you and I by the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 24, if you want to turn to it, Acts chapter 24. And verse 14, Paul says, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. I'm with you on that, Paul. Believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets, I'm with you on that also, Paul. And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Paul is saying here, because there is faith in my heart, there is hope in my breast. And that hope is toward God and what he has promised. And then he says, there is a resurrection to come. And I believe God. Only faith can produce such things. So, in Colossians chapter 1, stay with me, we are going somewhere. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. Tell you what, let's read from verse 2. Paul writes, To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have to all saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in, hev- in heaven, whereof ye heard the word, pardon me, ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day that ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Paul here is saying to them, your faith, in verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, Paul is saying here, it's in this context now, in this con- particular context, he's not saying that Christ is the object of their faith. He's already said that in verse 2. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ Jesus. That is the very uh, foundation of their faith. The idea here, what Paul is saying, he says, the, those who are in Christ, we heard of your faith means we heard that you walk in the sphere of faith and that God is working within you and throughout you. That's the idea of it. 
So not only are they grounded in the faith in Christ, they're now drawing their faith from Christ in who he is that God may do great things through them. That's why Paul writes this. And it's the same for you and I this morning. We have a measure of faith. And we can have that little measure of faith that brings us and that little measure of faith that causes us to say a wee prayer and to read, and that's all fine. But there's more. The disciples prayed one of, or asked one of the most dangerous questions. You could call it a prayer. And people pray it, I've prayed it, and it's one of the most dangerous prayers, but if it happens, it's the most wonderful prayer you could ever pray in your life. So be careful. Think about this before you do it. Lord, increase my faith. They said, Lord, increase our faith. One of the most dangerous things to ask, but one of the most blessed things to receive. See, brothers and sisters, people don't receive faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, you go home. Everyone that was used by God came through trial, trouble, tribulation, hardship. Even to the point of death, some of them dying, not receiving the promise. Why? Because their faith said at the resurrection, they're going to receive it all. Don't be disheartened and don't be dismayed when you think God's not answering your prayer because God is never too early. God is never too late. God is always on time. And even if we go to the grave, that faith that God has given you to pray, he will bring it to pass. You need to keep trusting, believing. Don't give up. Paul says, Christ, I'm grounded in him. Then he says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, he's saying that not only are you grounded in Christ, but you're walking, you're growing in faith, and you're drawing from him. He said, that is from the Holy Spirit. And so this carries on into 1 Corinthians 12. Faith is not only in the gifts mentioned of the Spirit, but faith is mentioned in the fruit of the Spirit we spoke of, the nine fruit. In Galatians 5, 22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, meekness, and temperance. And the word faith there means faithfulness. So faith from the Spirit, produces fruit, and it's the fruit of faithfulness. Faithfulness before God, and faithfulness for God. Faithfulness to Christ, faithfulness in your walk. You can be trusted as a man and a woman for faithfulness. People that say, oh, I am full of the Spirit. I've thought, uh, no. <laughs> say no more. You notice here, Paul is telling them in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, the end of it, he says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the faith from you in you now is from the Lord, from the Spirit. I want to take a few quotations, there's quite a few of them because I didn't know which one to put because I like them all about faith and all of them are from the Puritans people say oh they were all dry sticks I'm telling you these men they had substance they had substance if you read their writings Thomas Watson a body of divinity get it and read it 
It's, it's a, a heavy at times reading, but it is tremendous. Notice this. Thomas Watson said, Faith, though it hath sometimes a trembling hand, it must not have a withered hand, but must stretch. Sometimes our faith is like this. It's withered like the man in the synagogue with the withered hand. And Jesus says, stretch forth your hand, and you and I would do that. But he meant stretch forth that which was withered. Stretch forth that which you cannot. Do that what you can't in the name of Jesus and see the miracles he wrought in your life. That he works for you. Thomas Adams said this, it is the office of faith to believe what we do not see. It shall be the reward of faith to see what we do believe. The office of faith that we believe that we are in Christ and he is going to do greater things that he will do and he can do. The reward is when he does it, when we get the glory. That's our faith. That's the office that works at us. Elijah Coles, he says, faith is your spiritual optic. Faith is your spiritual optic. Every one of us to draw from Christ through the Spirit, allowing the faith to grow in our lives, trusting God for more, to bring us in, out further and in deeper into the rivers of living water, to bring us further into Christ, to believe Him for more. That spiritual optic of faith helps us to see what others cannot see. It's a spiritual optic that brought you to Christ, the spiritual optic that allowed you to see the Lamb of God. It's the spiritual optic that keeps us going on to see the depravity in the world and the things that are happening and the trouble all around us when men or women are, are just going to hell in a handcart. We see the dangers of it. Spiritual optic helps us to feel the flames of fire of hell. Faith shows us it. Faith allows us to dig deep to go on in God in spite of all that's against you. Thomas Watson again says, where reason cannot wade, there faith may swim. Where reason cannot wade, there faith may swim. Your reason your reasoning, my reasoning. Sometimes we're like, Lord, I, I can't see a way out of this. Uh, this is too deep for me. This is too much for me. This is too big for me. I can't see you, your plan in this and your purpose in it. But, you know, we're, we're trying to feel the bottom and there's no bottom there. The Lord says, you just step out and watch me. I can cause you to walk on water. I can cause you to walk on what others sink in. There, where reason cannot wade Faith may swim. Brothers and sisters, it's time to go swimming. It's time for you to go swimming. John Trapp, listen to this one. It is the nature of faith to believe God upon his bare word. It will not be Seth's sense. It cannot be Seth's reason. It both can and will be, says faith, for I have a promise for it. 
Everything in you says it can't be and it won't be, but faith within us says, but it will be because we have got his promise. So I finish with this point, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith defined goes like this. Faith apprehends as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith apprehends as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Remember, brother and sister, you say I need a miracle. Well, he's a miracle working God. You say I need a supernatural move of God. Well, he is a supernatural God. For that which is supernatural to you is only natural to God. He can do the natural to him. Faith is a substance. The word here for substance is the word hypostasis. And stasis means to stand. Hupo means to come under. You know, if you were knocking a couple of rooms in, you put the, the big beam across to hold everything up, and you get, the, you, know, you get the props up to make sure the wall doesn't collapse, do you get your beam in? That's the idea of hypostasis, to come underneath and to hold up. What does faith do? Faith within us, it comes underneath the soul, and it holds us up when we're falling down. It takes the weight and bears the load we cannot bear until the prop is taken away and that beam of strength is put in place again. That's the idea of hypostasis. It speaks of the ground on which one builds a hope. It actually also speaks of a legal term. In legal terms, they talk of the whole body of documents bearing on the ownership of a person's property deposited in archives and forming the evidence of ownership. So if you're going to say buy a house and you have the deeds and it says, well, it's all the ground, the land, everything, all the whole body of evidence of that ownership is brought and it's, it's a big pile of paperwork and it's set legally in front of your solicitor. And that comes into your possession. Well, no matter what happens, that property, that land, all it is to do with it belongs to you. Maybe it's a parent saying, well, this is theirs when I die. I'm passing it on to them. That whole body of documents is theirs. But I'm still living in the house. The idea of this here is that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and that every believer, blood-washed child of God, you and I have the legal documents of faith that you and I can, as it were, with the authority of the Word and the power and anointing of the Spirit, come and speak forth the words of life and pray for the sick that they may be healed. That's the idea of this. You are legally in heaven. Legally a child, a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's the idea of it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's an evidence of things not seen. So in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit gives us faith. And that faith can be increased at the second blessing, the Pentecostal flame, 
the baptism in gifts. It can be increased for other things. And it can be increased in your life. It's for you. It's for you. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Young or old. Boy or girl. Male or female. These title deeds are yours and mine. The Holy Spirit energized act of faith which a believer exercises in the Lord Jesus Christ is the title deed which God puts in his hands guaranteeing to him the possession of a thing in which he trusted. Lord, you've given me the title deeds that belong to Christ. Why? Because I am in him. And Christ is in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God bless his word to us this morning. For Jesus' sake. Amen.